Hello and welcome to episode 145 of the Naked Tech Podcast. It's the show that gives you everything you need to know about consumer tech, the internet, and all things fiber to the building. I'm your friend, Jeff Kim. My name is Calvin D. Oh, I had a haircut today. Oh, so good. Oh, so good. Um, did you have to wear a mask? No, but my hairdresser wore a mask. Yeah, that, uh, that seems to be mandatory for the barbers out there. Yeah. And they're wearing um, gloves? I don't remember her wearing gloves. Okay. I, I sat down and she's like, whoa, when was the last time you had a haircut? I'm like, don't judge me. I mean, like, she must be saying that for every single guy that comes across, right? I mean, my, my I'm wearing a hat permanently because I just can't won't be seen. Yeah, I, I couldn't find any hats, so I decided to get a haircut instead. Um, oh, but I definitely want to get more hats. Mm, I've been looking for some good hats just for the Twitch audience. But anyway, anyway um, I don't know if you noticed, I've been changing my shirt every... every uh, my, my, yeah. my geeky shirts is on display on YouTube. I don't know if you realize I'm not wearing my pajamas anymore. I think that's a step up. Mm, just get a nerdy set of pajamas. All right, so this is a bit of a quick turnaround because we recorded a little bit late last week. Uh, so there's been, what, maybe three days in between? Mm. Um, so we'll see how it goes because uh, I, I think I still had lots lots to clip, lots of stories that I missed out on last week. So a bit, a bit of residue from, from that. But we've got some fun ones uh, tonight, I think, Kelvin. We're going to start with some Apple rumors. Yeah, favorite. Favorite. Um, I mean, there's been lots of leaks and rumors about the the new iPhone, iPhone 12. I think you're already looking forward to getting that one. Mm-hmm. Or was it for May? I can't remember what you said. But uh, I mean, like, that seems to be quite locked in in, in terms of the form factor, um, the screens. It's going to be 128. 128? 120 hertz. 120. 120 hertz. That's mm. right. Um, uh, refresh uh, rate. Um yeah, what, what are you looking forward to about that exactly? So, I've got a question for you. Oh, okay. USB-C or not, what do you think? USB-C or not. Mm, I don't see why they would. Mm, I agree. I, th- I, th- I think the iPad Pro going USB-C was amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think it was one of my predictions for 2020 that it wouldn't have USB-C. I got I to gotta look back, but... Oh, if, if if it had USB-C, like that would just complete it, right? I mean, everyone's got a you know whoever has a MacBook, a recent mm-hmm. MacBook, and charge the phone at the same time. I, I I want them to, but I don't think they are. And um, what else am I looking forward to? Uh, you know, we'll talk about that. I'll talk about this later in the show um, with Ubisoft suing Google and Apple for you know people cloning their games and stuff. Um, I, yeah, we'll talk about it then. What else am I looking forward for? I, the cameras are going to be the same. Uh, apparently, it's got the boxy sort of design coming back. That that sort of iPad Pro box design. You know, remember the iPhone five? You could actually stand it on a desk and it would stand. I kind of mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I'm over the whole curved glass scenario. It just doesn't feel right. Especially I'm now you know running with the S10 Plus. Yeah, um, I just want to go back to square, boxy. Mm. Um, better for the hands, really. I feel I feel like this phone slips out of my hand too much. Hence why I have a case and all. Um, so yeah, looking forward to a new design. I think one one of the leaks uh, or the rumored leaks was uh, the, one of the colors. I think it was like a navy blue, and they haven't really done that before. So if that happens, that that's, mm, that that could be a clincher for me. I mean, I don't really need another phone. Jeez, uh, depends what my mum says at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to upgrade from your uh, iPhone ten, mum? Um, <laughs> 
so moving on from that, uh, so there's been a couple of things from our, you know, perennial perennial leakers out there. So Ming Chi Kuo, who's a uh, analyst that has been pretty much on the mark. I would say what last at least five years. Everyone goes to him for you know these leaks, and he hasn't been wrong. So. Mm. Yeah, so he's, um, I mean, this, this sort of reiterating what he said previously, but he, he reckons the uh, AR, AR headset, that's augmented reality headset, so that's like a more like a VR headset, I guess. That'll be mm-hmm. coming out in 2022, but the glasses, which will be the, you know, the lighter form factor, um, similar to, you know, Google Glass, but obviously not as uh, glass holy, uh, will be the year after that. However, there's, there's been a fresh new rumor. Mm. Um, and it comes from uh, Front Page Tech, who, who has been featured on our podcast a couple of times over the years. Um, his name is John Prosser, and he's this young dude, upstart on YouTube. Uh, he kind of makes fun of other YouTubers and, you know, Mac rumors and those guys. Um, so he's he's saying something else. Um, he's, he's, he thinks that AR Glass is coming next year. Hmm. Yes. What do you believe? What do you think? Well, I mean, he's been on the mark. John Prosser has been on the mark for the last couple of months. So I feel like he has someone, you know, on the inside for sure. He's been able to get the, you know, the prices right ahead of time. You know, even even things like um, when press releases will come out to the minute. What? So this, yeah. So that that's why people are... On top of this, now he's um, Tom Merritt uh, from DTNS. His take on this whole ordeal. But I'm also uh, kind of interested in industry veteran, longtime proven credible analyst whose predictions generally are spot on. Ming Chi Kuo going up against the young up and comer YouTuber John Prosser uh, over the date <laughs> of the AR glasses. Uh, we will check back in March to June 2021 to see who will win this epic fight. Yes, yeah, so John has been saying that he has actually seen these glasses. That's not it on the screen, but that's probably a render from somewhere. Um, mm. He has actually seen it. He can't say anything for legal reasons right now. However, he's going to drop something soon, like in the probably in the coming days. I, why would Apple want to do VR-esque like goggles, the ones that you have to sit at home or you know, you know, sit somewhere on a bus or something to really enjoy? I don't see why they would do that. It's not their thing, right? Going straight to glasses, you mean? Yeah. I mean, like, I've been saying it for the last three years that, you know, 2020 is a great year um, to be releasing sunglasses, like 2020 vision. Um, so I always thought 2020 was a year, uh, although, yeah, I, I guess that's not going to happen. Um, they've been on this for several years. The rumors have been there. Um, they did, uh, I did read that they acquired a company called Next VR recently as well apple mm. so they've, they've got the resources they've got the know-how it's just a matter of timing i think because let's just say it costs a grand um just just hypothetically it's going to impact the sales of their phones right i mean most people like you and i we can only afford one expensive tech item every year year and a half so it's going to prolong the you know the life cycle of my phone if i have an iphone 11 I'm not going to jump to a 12 or 13 when, you know, the AR glasses come out because I want to buy the AR glasses and have that Apple experience attached to my eyeballs. 
maybe yeah, I mean, that's a consideration. Yeah, and I think eventually it'll flip to um, glasses being the the main device hmm. when the technology is you know around. So that's, right now you could only think that it's a companion to your phone. Um, you know, maybe we don't at some point won't need a phone. You can do everything with your watch. Um, screen-wise, it's like floating above your head or in front of your eyes, I should say. Um, and when that happens and the resolution improves, uh, there'll be some gestures with your thumb, I suppose. Maybe, maybe they'll introduce some sort of like a ring controller, just like Amazon has. can't remember what that was called. The ring? Mm. Amazon ring? Um, yeah. So that that's probably the future roadmap. And I think a lot of these companies recognize that, yeah, that there is a shelf life date to phones, slabby phones. No, I, I think I think it's definitely coming to an end with, you know, Samsung trying to, you know, build a 108 megapixel camera on their S20 and apparently it's not even good. So it's all coming to an end, I think. And then with the iPhone SE, you know, budget phones are now a thing again. Mm-hmm. So it's come full circle. I don't see where they can move forward on in terms of, you know, phone designs and phone functions and software and things like that. So time for the eyeballs. No, hey, that's product launch right there. Eyeballs. Spell with I. Should we okay. should we move on to Twitter and what they think about working from home? Yes. So uh, Jack Dorsey, if I can just find the clip. Um, yeah, I'll play a clip first. Uh, this is from the Pivot Podcast. There's a bit of a zinger at the end. Let's let's talk about uh, a couple things. One is Twitter says employees can work from home forever now. So Jack mm-hmm. can finally live in Africa. This is a really great moment. What do you think? Well, WFH is now just W, right? Just W, man. I'm W. Yeah. W. I'm work- I'm what are you doing? Baby. I'm working. I'm Wing. I'm working from wherever I want. <laughs> so, yeah, another mm, bit of a clickbaity headline. So Twitter says, yep, yeah, you guys just work from home. People are going to click on that link, right? Mm. Um, however, I, I, the email that Jack Dorsey sent to uh, the staff wasn't quite that. It was more about, well, uh, I think it was worded like, however, however long you see fit. So it's, it's a bit, you know, they're not saying they'll definitely be working from home forever. Um, but like, it, I think it's like most organizations right now, I think, even my my uh, organization, my place of work is talking along those lines. Yeah, because I don't think any employer wants to be responsible for you getting COVID. Um, and it's not just about your workplace. It's about how you get to work as well. Mm-hmm. You jump on the train, if, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, you know, you get infected, that's on the employer. So I think if if you're willing to take the risk and say, hey, if you want to come to work, there's that option for you. But we're not responsible because we didn't exactly tell you to come to work. Um, so I think everyone's stuck in a really tough place. I think it'll be interesting once the uh, restrictions have, have been lifted even further. I mean, this week is the first uh, week, I suppose, at stage one restrictions being lifted. Um, you know, I forget her name again. Berejiklian, New South Wales Premier. Al Gladys, she she was on TV just now, just uh, about an hour ago, saying, "Well, we, you know, public transport wise, we can only have like twelve people on a bus, and you're hmm. expecting people to go to work." Um, yeah, they, and they said they'll like close stations if if the platforms become too full. It's like, well, I mean, people got to go to work. 
Yeah, so I also got an email from the city of Sydney saying that they're building new um, cycle lanes uh, quickly in the next few weeks to help accommodate that. And, you know, that's one sort of, you know, good thing to come out of all this is people are looking into alternatives to your buses and your cars and everything. Um, because if everyone jumps into a car tomorrow, the city's going to be gridlocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, a short story I saw about London and New York and all those cities that are way bigger than Sydney. I don't know how they're going to cope with this. Um, so stay at home, I think, if your work allows you to, just to take the weight off mm-hmm. the network and the people who really need to go into the work. Um, and that's not us. I think what will likely happen is uh, maybe start with, you know, once once a week. Um, I mean, like, I actually had this discussion with my manager just today saying, well, it only makes sense for me to go to work when everyone else is also at work. But then, you know, the <laughs> message is like, well, you should, you guys should stagger it. So, well, what's the point? We might as well just work remotely. So, it's like, it, it, it's going to be hard. Um, I mean... I don't know if if you're a if you're a CEO of a big company, say more than a thousand people, like I have we gone beyond that point of well, it's you know productivity has lifted. I think across the board, everyone says that. Um, I think if you if you happen to be one of those that are actually just bludging, I think you will get found out, right? I think people can see it. So yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's hard for them. Like Jack Dorsey, I mean he, he's saying these things probably for political reasons, but uh, I mean, like deep down inside, he must be thinking, well, no, my, my slaves have to, you know, be controlled in some way. <laughs> and you, you're going to get found out even more so now, I feel, as people invest in surveillance tools and, you know, IT is probably, you know, looking at the traffic more in more detail now than ever before, right? You're going through their VPN or you're going through different tools or they're logging, whatever cookies or caching again your laptop mm-hmm. so you know it's a different world now that's right um i've got a quick story from uh from microsoft's perspective so such an adela he's you know he, he read that article about jack torsey saying that nah, you guys can work from home permanently he he's he's like well let's let's be a bit careful here i mean there's there's some negative effects to that so he, he's citing you know mental health just you know general burnout Cause like, mm. I mean, I found myself sometimes just skipping meals cause I just forget or just, just been in emails and been meeting back to back meetings, like meetings in inverted commas, because I'm just sort of on a Skype call or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, and that connectivity with your colleagues, right. Um, I mean, I, I probably, I probably have catch ups with my own teammates more than I would, would have if I was in the office. Strangely, mm. but like uh, th- th- there is something to that, you know, face to face interaction, right? Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like, I've worked remotely for the last 18 months, two years, and I definitely, you know, miss that interaction. And conversations are shorter in person. You know, I can get away with, you know, my the body language, I can read someone's body language, I can read your facial expressions. Mm. I can go on a whiteboard and, and do something. I, I don't, you know, even though there are tools like Mural and things like that, it's so much more difficult to explain yeah. a concept online. So pros and cons, it's not for everyone. Um, and you're going to have to find your own way through this, you know, what suits you. And as time goes, I think, you know, people will get more comfortable. And it depends on the nature of work as well. So if you're <laughs> more of a visual, if you're in that visual sort of industry, like I think it'll be harder to collaborate sort of bounce ideas off it's it's you know you, you can have virtual whiteboards but come on like 
Mm-hmm. Has there actually been a good one? I don't know. I think teams might actually have one, but like, you know, if you don't have a stylus, proper stylus or anything like that, it's it's going to be hard. And um, that that's probably the part that's missing. But then if the message is like, well, just come in on separate days, then it just kind of, you know, misses the point. Yeah. Um, let's move on from that. Uh, what, have, what else have we got? Star Wars time. Oh, we're going Star Wars. Actually, before we do that, because I've, I've got a pretty good uh, Star Wars sort of bit here, but um, Black Mirror, remember that show? Yeah. Um, season six, is it? That was meant to come out yeah. later this year. Um, this is the update for season six. New Black Mirror episodes on hold for now. In an interview with Radio Times, the show creator, Charlie Brooker, said that he's been busy working on projects, but that he's not working on any new Black Mirror episodes. In fact, Brooker wants to go the opposite direction and dip his toes into comedy. The reason for the comedic break? Brooker says he's not sure if people would want to stomach more stories about societies falling apart during an already bleak time. I, I, I'm in agreement with this. We, we don't want any oh. more Black Mirror. I'm not going to be watching it. No, and we Too had true. this discussion off show, I mean, on, on Twitch. Even Rick and Morty is hurting my head right now because I, I, I just, I, I don't think my head has the capacity mm-hmm. to go into those places and imagine um, sort of these different experiences and things, negative ones especially. Um, so I think that the more positive content we can put out there, whether it be your favorite podcast or your favorite YouTuber, get a hold of that stuff because there's going to be more doom and gloom coming. So I have more positivity to him. I think it's worth it. Black Mirror just really knows how to really tap into your dark side. So I'm glad he's doing that. Yeah, I don't know about uh, Rick and Morty. I mean, sure, there are dark themes and that's it's a bit of a different reason because this is about, you know, Rick and Morty is more about alcoholism and family issues. I mean, that... That, that is bleak regardless of whether we're in a pandemic or not. So that's <laughs> a little bit different for me. But mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I talked about uh, the Midnight Gospel, which you're not going to watch, Kelvin, but um, mm. I, I found it quite therapeutic. And I wasn't taking any drugs while I'm watching it, although that's recommended apparently. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's so I, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but it's it's literally a, uh, a audio snip of his podcast. And they just put it in a cartoon. They, they just put some, like, colorful Animation. images around it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, the last episode is actually about his dying mum. And that was a real podcast episode that, that he did three months before she passed away. So it's quite bittersweet. Mm. And she's quite, she, she's like a philosopher. And, and she's like, she's a cool, just a cool mum. But, um, yeah, I, I found it pretty good. So... You know, Black Mirror, it's it's sort of in your face. It's more oblique in your uh, obvious way because they literally predicted the future. Um, however, like there's, I think there's sort of dark content that's suitable in these times, but like maybe, you know, dif- different sort of uh, flourishes of darkness. You know what? Black Mirror can take credit for every disaster that's going to come. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's they they put their research in. They they knew exactly what was going to fail. So, well, don't don't forget, AR glasses is probably the bridge to the Black Mirror type of technology. So, <laughs> we're all on that path. Okay, Star Wars. Um, I've I've been going on about Clone Wars. Speaking of uh, pandemic <laughs> viewing, um, and and you finished it recently as well. It's uh, mm-hmm. except for the first couple of episodes, I think it's been a brilliant show. 
I, I still stand by it. I, th- I think it's the best Star Wars ever. Like it, yeah. I've never felt so emotionally connected to the Ahsoka Tano arc story arc and how she, how she sort of lifts the prequels in a way. I mean, like I, I haven't seen the prequels since, um, you know, finishing the season. But like, especially Return of, uh, hang on, Revenge of the Sith. I, th- I think that makes it a whole lot better. Mm, I agree. Uh, yeah. So, um, Disney Plus, um, you just signed up as well. They're, mm-hmm. they're doing a thing called Disney Gallery, and it's about the Mandalorian. There's, I think, eight episodes. They're up to maybe episode three. Uh, I just watched the second one, and this is, a, um, I guess, uh, John Favreau's chance to sort of give, give a sneak peek behind the scenes of how the show was created, The Mandalorian. Uh, we've already talked about the technology side of things, um, but... You know, episode two was was uh, titled Legacy. So it's all about, you know, George Lucas, the beginnings of Star Wars, how he created this amazing universe um, and different people have sort of run with it, right? Um, so if you just have a look at the list of directors for The Mandalorian, the first season, um, you know, John Favreau directed a couple, Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got your favorite actress, Bryce Dallas Howard, doing one of those episodes, I think. I don't know if She's slowly redeeming one. herself for me. Um, <laughs> so no, I think I think yeah. It, I thought obviously the episode with Taika was very memorable, especially with the with the shooting of the cans by the uh, stormtroopers. I thought that was amazing. That's right. Yeah. There's there's also a couple more. Deborah Chow, who who I think is amazing as well. She's up and coming. She's done a bunch of you know Walking Dead. Uh, Rick Fumu Famuyiwa, Famuyiwa, um, and of course Dave Filoni sort of directed the uh some of the episodes um now i I was just floored by what dave filoni said like towards the end of episode two of that uh, series um he's like his his love for george lucas and respect for his work and and sort of the i guess um the spirit of star wars you know like as fans we we kind of talk about that but like dave filoni like he, he totally gets it um this is a longish clip no, it's 32 seconds, but um, he's going to be talking about the Phantom Menace, in particular, the Jewel of the Fates. I love the lightsaber fight with Darth Maul, not because it's a lightsaber fight, but because George is so good at crafting why that fight's important mm. every time. What's at stake is really how Anakin's going to turn out, because Qui-Gon is different than the rest of the Jedi, and you get that in the movie, and Qui-Gon is fighting because he knows he's the father that Anakin needs. So, so he's fighting for Anakin, and that's why it's the duel of the fates. It's the fate of this child. And depending on how this fight goes, Anakin is gonna, his life is gonna be dramatically different. So Qui-Gon loses, of course. Love, love the sound effects in the background there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I never saw it this way at all, and it, it makes total sense. So Qui-Gon was the father figure, and Obi-Wan was the brother figure. But then because, you know, of what happened in that fight, um, Qui uh, Gon lost, and you know he, he sort of had a brother. So, like, I, I won't play the whole thing because it goes for about five six minutes. Um, but he goes on to say that that plot line sort of continues all the way to Return of the Jedi, when you know the the last part where um, the Emperor is uh, telling telling Luke to you know strike him down like he normally does at the end of a trilogy, um, and you know, and and then Luke won't do it, 
But the father is sort of on the side, sort of like seeing this happen, but then he sort of becomes the father, right? At that point. And that, that's sort of the full arc of Anakin. The father yeah, and it sort of had, had a yeah. Yeah, sort of had a domino effect, right? Because with Qui Gon uh, gone, um, Obi Wan had to step up, and it was probably too soon for him. Mm. So a lot of a lot of rebels, you see a lot of the bickering between Obi Wan and Anakin. You know, Anakin wanting to be a Jedi Master, uh, so on and so forth. So it definitely, you know, this perspective from Dave definitely put things. It sort of made the connections a lot clearer. Mm. Like Qui Gon felt that you know this is this is a bigger battle than anyone thought it would be and we, we all thought it was just a cool sort of lightsaber battle but it determined everything moving forward from that point yeah so the hint never thought is, about uh, it that way. the hint is in the name right like jewel of the fates i always wondered what well, what's the what, what's with the name but makes total yeah, sense and you know like dave dave has been hanging out with george over the years like um when you know george created the clone wars the first season and i think there was like a short uh you know, a different type of animated series as well. That was all George, but that they were really bad, <laughs> including the movie, yeah. if you remember. Um, but he tapped yeah. uh, Dave Filoni on the shoulder. And I think at the time he must have been doing oh, some, something on like Nickelodeon, I think. Mm. So it's not, not, nothing related to Star Wars, right? But then somehow he saw this talent and, I mean, first of all, you know, he's, he's just a super fan. So he just knew the whole thing. He knew what Anakin's character was about. And, of course, The Clone Wars is about you know, making Anakin's character a little bit more uh, believable. Um, because if you just go by the prequel trilogy, like, you know, he's this horrible guy, um, has no humor. Well, maybe, maybe. Whiny maybe, kid. Whiny or too serious. There's nothing in between. <laughs> um, then, uh, then you throw in Ahsoka as well, who was also created by George Lucas. Um, uh, this is the second part of the clip. Um, and this this is going to show, I think, why everyone's saying Dave Filoni should like pretty much run Star Wars from now on. So George has this hopeful story, and it's something that he's reiterated most times I've seen him. Remember to make these stories hopeful. Mm. Remember to give that to kids because they really need it. And so that's that's just something to keep in mind. Did I bring us down? Yes, I highly recommend this episode. Uh, it's the second one of the, what's it called? Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Have they have they kept the pricing low, Disney+, Plus to have, haven't they? It's $8.99, I think. Okay. <clears throat> so, I mean, like, yeah. I, I know a lot of people are doing, you know, reruns of the MCU. Obviously, there's heaps of Star Wars material. So, even, even kids and big kids alike can go through so much stuff on Disney+, Plus right now. Yeah, um, I don't think The Mandalorian was great. Um, but so much is coming out of it. For example, the rumor of Rosario Dawson being a Sokotano in season two, which I think is going to be amazing. It's more but than also, a rumor now. Like, Yeah. Taika, like the fact that he can do Star Wars as well. And didn't they give him a movie or a TV series? Uh, He's, getting Star Wars? A movie. What? He's getting a movie. Mm. So not a great series, Mandalorian on its own, but so much is coming out of it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think uh, instead of the old Republic, they're going to create this other um, era of Star Wars, which is just before um, the Phantom Menace era. Mm. What are they calling that? It's it's something other Republic. Old, new, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, no, I'm looking forward to it. I think the Star Wars universe is just going to get stronger after what we've seen so far with the Skywalker saga, uh, which is all in Disney Plus at the moment. 
Yeah, the movies didn't do so well. Because um, the, the other flip side to this is that, uh, despite what Dave Filoni says, JJ pretty much upended that by bringing back the Emperor. And basically, all of this stuff that George created is, is for nothing. Because basically, JJ. Was, Anakin wasn't the chosen one, right? Anyway, uh, that that just depresses me a little bit. Um, that's, a, that's a whole episode in itself. Speaking of um, depressing. Yeah. So let's take a take a left turn, a very sharp left turn away from Star Wars into something that makes seem quite simple, but actually has a lot of sort of underlying issues, you know, and it shows a lot of that. So Ubisoft is a game publisher that makes games like, you know, Tom Clancy's games. Um, one of their most popular games is a game called Rainbow Six Siege. Um, and this is a problem on the Android uh, Google Play Store at the moment where a lot of these clones, a lot of the games that we play on PC and consoles, Fortnite, Counter-Strike, and Rainbow Six are being copied in the mobile app stores. And a lot of these clones are are actually made by Chinese developers in China. So you guys have heard all the stories. It's very difficult to go into China to claim copyright because they favor local companies. The company that made this clone of Ubisoft's game is actually actually belongs to Alibaba. It's ejoy.com. So right. that brings a whole different set of problems. Um, and But this is a real problem for Android and Apple as well, because the quality of your apps is going to determine the popularity of your operating system, which is why I think at the moment Apple has an edge over Android because of Apple Arcade. They can control the quality of the games. They can, you know, get developers to develop games just for the platform, and they're all going to be good quality. Google needs something like this quickly because at the moment, if I look through, um, probably the biggest blight in my Android experience is the App Store. There mm-hmm. is so much crap on it. It's it's just unbearable. Um, if you don't find the right, you know, if you don't know of the game, you, you can't discover new content. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge, and I think... Apple and you know and Google both need to find a way. So I'm just trying to understand the Apple angle. Is it because of the Alibaba connection? So the the what I read from Kotaku article, which we'll share in the show notes, is you can't sue the developer, especially in China, because it's going to be too difficult. So they're suing the stores instead. Mm. So if Ubisoft wins, you know, a lot of people are going to start suing Apple and Google rather than the developers themselves. Mm. So this is going to have huge sort of, you know, ramifications for Google and Apple. Um, but we'll see what happens. Right. So even even though Rainbow Six is like a AAA, would you say AAA game? Definitely. Probably uh, one of the hottest games in the eSport landscape right now. And, and you know, copycat uh, developers are able to copy a AAA game. Okay, that's that, that's a part that's I'm like, yeah. kind of like flawed by at the moment. Yeah, so... There is something called an asset swap. To create games, in uh, particularly on the Android uh, system, you can buy these assets of a person, of a gun, of you know, a flashbang, mm. and you can just create this game fairly quickly. So, you know, there's not what what is the legality around that? Like, what is the copyright? If it's already there, I'm just using mm. assets that I have licenses to. What exactly is the legal issue? Um, so. It'll be super interesting to see where this lawsuit goes and what it have, what you know, what what sort of issues it'll create for Apple that, and Google. That reminds um, me of um, you know, the the case around the the dan- dancers in Fortnite. 
So mm. you know Carlton, Carlton Banks from uh, yes, Fresh Prince, from the Fresh Prince. Yeah, you know, he, he tried to you know sue Fortnite yep. for cop- copying that dance, but then like, how do yep. you copyright a dance? Yeah, mm. interesting, interesting. Now let's move on to probably the biggest story in the last couple of days: Facebook buying Giphy. I'm gonna go for Jiffy because I've been saying Jiffs. <laughs> Giffy and a Jiffy doesn't really matter. Yeah, let's see. How it was four hundred million dollars. Um, it was done quite recently. Um, what I didn't realize was how close Facebook and Jiffy were uh, even before this purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a good intro clip in terms of why Facebook wants to buy Jiffy from CNBC. What does this mean? This move by Facebook today. Yeah, so so I think this acquisition today, while it's it's not really big in terms of overall dollars, uh, look, this is about competing for engagement time, um, for making the experience, the platform uh, more fun, more entertaining. Uh, yes, uh, you're right. I mean, there is kind of a, a battle that goes on for overall engagement time across users, um, across the social space. And I think with uh, Facebook in particular, they've obviously had a very strong relationship with the company um, prior till now. I think about 50% of the traffic actually comes from the Facebook family of apps, and a lot of that in particular coming from Instagram already. So it seems to make a lot of sense strategically, and uh, engagement on Facebook and the Facebook family continues to be very strong, and this should help it that much more. Fifty percent. I I feel like most of social media is under Facebook. So, <laughs> is that really saying Very much true. about it? Okay. Um, and um, another... he's right. Yeah. Four hundred mil is cheap when you divide it with the number of gifs. What is it? Five cents each or whatever it is. I've got I another. I've got another stat here. Um, they claim that seven hundred million people see Giphy or Jiffy content every day. Every day. Seven hundred million. Um. Uh. I mean that yes, that that seems like a large number because that's actually a sizable percentage of the world's population. So may, maybe they're not uh, doing it by uniques necessarily, but uh, by devices. I don't know. I guess the average person mm. has two or three devices that they interact with. However, um, that's still a big number. Um, yeah, so fifty percent of that is through Facebook anyway. So why buy it? Um, is it really to you know limit the other? services like iMessage, Twitter is also using uh, the API, TikTok as well, apparently, not that I'm a TikTok user. Um, I think it's all about data. Um, Mm. They want to be able to spot a meme quickly and just other way to do it. And, you know, considering that this is in iMessage, it's in MailChimp, it's in Signal, it's in Reddit, it's in everything, Telegraph, whatever. Facebook is not going to have more data for their ad machines. What What is the lifespan of just GIFs and GIFs in general? Like, will it ever die down? Like, I don't think so. I think uh, once you have a good one, like the whole, you know, girlfriend, jealous boyfriend one, like that's been around for like a decade. Yeah, um, that's my point though. Like, um, I, I think these happened during the MySpace day, days, right? And then MySpace mm-hmm. died and it kind of died off and... I would say it's only really come about maybe since 2012 or 2013. Like, you know, right now in 2020 is an essential way you communicate with your friends and even your family. I've seen my mum post some jiffies that that is fact. <laughs> um, so, you know, like that, that is that is the test, right? When your mum starts using these things, you know, that's mainstream. 
But I, I just feel like at some point, like, maybe we'll just go back to normal, actual, spelt out words. Never. Never? Okay.、Um, I don't know. Just, just a you know, thing I had in my head. Yeah, they're like, you know, I mean, when it was, when it was all just words at some、mean? point. What does this mean? It's moved by Facebook today. Sorry, that was not the cat. That was my thumb. <laughs> Same thing, right?、Um, so, like, it, we've moved from con- like words to video to audio for some reason. And now we've got short videos, which are basically GIFs.、Um, well, they're not videos. They're, they're just animated, you know, set of moving、uh, pictures, frames, very lo fi. Maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point.、It's, it doesn't take up too much data. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like, well, may- maybe the next step is like actually use video in your, in your messages. No, it doesn't work.、Mm. Like, is, is it the fact that it sort of restarts? You know, it goes to the end, then it goes to the front. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't actually get it. No, well, I think it just tells a, it makes a point really quickly in a very humorous way using images. You know what I mean? So people can sort of make that connection between a voice and the image,、um, and it just gives it more color. So, crazy think, kids. Yeah, I think what's likely to happen is maybe, you know, the Twitters and Apples of the world, they might, because, you know, Giphy is not the only company doing this, that there are other services.、Uh, what's the Pix? No,、uh, Imgur? Imgur?、Hmm. Imgur is another huge Im- one. That, that's owned by Reddit. So,、oh, right. um, so, you know, you're going to get all these large social networks quickly just gobble up all these, you know, content.、Mm. Hosting services、um, and、uh, own their own. What, what, what do we know about the, the founder of Giphy? Because, like, can you imagine how they may have started? You know, I, I, wouldn't, be, would, I wouldn't be surprised, surprised if, you know, if it's some 22 year old that just decided to make this really easy. I don't know. Are you looking up now? I am. So it, it's really quite strange.、Um, they don't talk a lot about the people behind Giphy.、Mm. Um, There is the size of the deal. There is the, you know, the fact that it's an API. There is the 50% number.、Um, there is no talk. There are no names、um, attached to this. I mean, the, the only quote they have in this Verge article is from Instagram, who is super excited about it all. all right, so it's、him. very strange. I've、oh, got you got him. Alex Chung, CEO of Giphy.、Um, he looks pretty young, I guess. Probably partying hard at the moment. Um, 2013, it was founded. Yeah, Jace Cook and Alex Chung. They're, they're probably you know, college dropouts, I would say. Mm. Mm. Well,、okay. good on them. On that note, I think that's it. Speaking of episode, dropping out.、Hmm? Yeah, of episode 145. We've got 144 other amazing episodes. You can find more information on the website. That's nakedtagpodcast.com. You can find us on any of the social networks. Please, 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 please let us know what you think. You might get a free sticker. Rate us five stars in the iTunes store. That's Kelv out. Jeff out. It's weird. They don't have、uh, their own Wikipedia articles. You would think they really? Would、hmm. He was.、Um, Alex Chung was one of the keynote speakers at South by 2016. Uh, Twitter was 2012. When Twitter. No, 2007. Yeah, 2007. Yeah.、Uh, you were there, right? No, you were. 2011. 2011. That's right.
was Foursquare, yeah. There was a Foursquare. Ah, yeah. 